We're still in the first seven verses, and I know that's, for most everybody here, that's, that's not uh, a stretch for me, you know, to, to stay in uh, a set of verses, you know, for as long as we have, and we're not done yet, but, but um, and I'm not doing that just to do it. Um, I, I want it to be profitable. I want it to answer maybe some questions that, that people have or have had, um, things they've thought about and wondered about, but... Um, Romans chapter 13, verse number 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. That doesn't mean we can't resist, does it? We have a general statement there. The powers are given. We are to subject ourselves unto them. But if they command us to do something that God said, you know, that we should do otherwise, then, you know, there would be a resistance there, wouldn't there? Um, but just in speaking about the government and the function and the government and the place and the government and the purpose that, that God has set it, yes, um, if we resist the power, we resist the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or judgment, for rulers are not a terror to good works but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same." For he is the minister of God to show thee, or to, to thee for good, rather. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Rendered therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Let's pray. Donnie, would you pray for us? Amen. Maybe seated. So I had mentioned last week about 
the Declaration of Independence, and I read something, you know, to you from that. And, of course, we're familiar somewhat with our own history, you know, as far as the country is concerned, and its inception and how we came to be who, you know, we, we are. But um, in the Declaration, we find this statement in every stage of these oppressions, and this, this would be along the lines I want you to think about in listening to this. This is along the lines of what we had viewed before on an individual basis about how that we deal with people. And so as far as people are concerned, we are to, as much as is possible, live at peace, right? So you, you, you have this in what I'm about to read to you. I mean, they, the, the colonists were trying as much as possible to live at peace with the form of government that was, was over them. But it says in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. And then it goes on to say, A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. So um, we don't spend time reading the Constitution, you know, or the Declaration of Independence, you know. But this, this, is, this is some of the language, you know, that we find in there. And it finds, it finds some footing, you know, where we are. Uh, because let's just, let's just say that we had found ourselves in, in their place. There were 27 things. Uh, I asked Steve when he was here last week if he knew. I had forgotten how many. And I'd read it that morning. And it was, there were 27 items, you know, they, they were petitioning. And they were seeking redress. They were, they, we, want, we want to be able to comply, but these things just, they can't, they can't be. Um, and so we may find ourselves in that same sort of a set of circumstances. If you were the, the baker at, at the, the, was it the Master's Touch or Master's Bake Shop? or I can't remember that man's bakery. But anyway, if you were that man you mean, and you were being asked to do something, it, 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 your conscience would not allow uh, and the government steps in and says, well, you've got to. Like, well, I'll either have to, I'll have to do something else. I don't know what you're going to have to do to me, you know, for not doing what you're telling me that I have to do, but I can't do that. Um, and the same thing with the lady that had the, the flower shop. I think she was in D.C., wasn't she? Uh, older lady that had that. And I thought things were going to turn out okay for her. And then in the end, I guess it kind of, uh, you know, went south. But I think that the master's bake shop guy, you know, he's ended up in, the, in court more than once, hasn't he? I mean, somebody else, after, after the court says, no, you can't make this man do this, somebody else came along and said, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to make him do it. We're going to take this back through the court system again, try it again. Um, so, you know, we may find ourselves, you know, at some point along the way. I mean, losing our, our business may not be it, you know, uh, losing that, that freedom. Uh, because like we said before, it could just be ruined by, you know, people out there just protesting. Um, and you, customers can't even get to your door. Uh, and so you can't afford to continue to keep the lights on and pay the rent because you can't sell you know, your baked goods uh, because people can't get in. But, you know, who knows what that may look like, what kind of face, you know, it may take in our lives. Um, I, I know I've got a, a pastor friend that, that um, he chose to retire because of something that they were going to force him to do that he didn't want to do. Uh, so there's, there's, there's lots of things. And if they knew that's why he was retiring, they probably would have tried to void his retirement. Um, so, you know, there's going to be things that we're going to have to face ourselves at some point, you know, along the way. We probably already have faced some of those things. I know Donnie and I have had these discussions, and, you know, he thought he was going to have some difficulty over, you know, having to, um, you know, have the, um, you want to you call it the, the what? 
<laughs> experiment, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, thankfully the Lord worked that, you know, to where that wasn't the case. So, um, you know, we, we, but we, who would have thought that we would have come to that place? I mean, you, I've got you know, the, the photo program that we have, you know, it, it sends us, you know, frequently eight years ago, you know, photos from eight years ago. And so it may be 12 years ago, 15 years ago, but you go back to some of those places and times and you're, you think back and like none of these things that have become so blown out of proportion, um, there's become some, such huge issues, you know, were even something I thought about, you know, then. I'm not saying that there wasn't some inception, you know, of those things, you know, then, some start, some beginning, you know, of those things at that time. I don't know. But, um, you know, now they're just, they're, they're every day in your face. But our forefathers found themselves in a position to, that they had to resist in an ultimate sense. They didn't want to go there. Um, they sought. You, you, you heard the way that that was written. That's just a small portion. But they, they sought to, to find some kind of way that, that this, this could, be, could be solved, you know, could be amended, could be, could be fixed. Um, you know, if things had been done differently uh, by the power that was then ruling, um, I guess that was King George, right? Hmm? Anybody remember their history? I think it was George, wasn't it? Hmm? I think so, yeah. You know where my mind goes there, Donnie? Uh, do you remember the Schoolhouse Rock? Do you, you ever watch those little educational films? Vaguely. Well, King George was on the other side of the pond, you know, and he was like <laughs> shaking his fist. But, um, you know, things have been done differently. We could all be this morning. British citizens speaking proper English, you know, nonetheless, you know, they have a, they, we don't speak proper English, you know, according to them, but anyway, you know, that things could have turned out a lot differently, but, um, they were the way they were, and to them, he was the definition of a tyrant, and, you know, so what do we do, you know, when we find ourselves in a position like that, I mean, do we have, do we have, you know, anything given unto us, you know, that, that we could go by that would help us to understand where we would be? Because we could put this and, you know, just going to war in, in the same sort of category. I mean, we can't just rebel for any reason. We can't go to war for any reason. You know, what's got to be, you know, the, the, the thing that's, 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 that's going to give us any kind of liberty? And, and everybody may not have that liberty. You know, there are some that are going to, in their consciences, still say, you know, I can't do that. Um, I, I read about an account um, Martin Lord Jones actually had to had to had to represent a young man that came to him in in, uh, in military court. Uh, he was drafted, and his understanding of Romans thirteen would not allow him, you know, to to go into battle. Um, you know, and in, in, in scripture in general, you know, he just felt like he, I cannot go into battle. I mean, the Bible says, "Thou shalt not kill." Well, you know, some people read that for its face value, and they don't look at it and study it to see what we're talking about here. We're not talking about, you know, the government certainly not being able to execute its office. You know, it, it's, it can put people to death. There is a death penalty that the government can enforce, can impose. And God, God has set the government in place to what? Hmm? To restrain evil. It's to, that's its job. It is to restrain evil. And so, in some in some regards, that's the restraint for evil. Is this person can no longer allowed, you know, be allowed into, you know, society. 
Um, so, you know, you, you've, you've got, you've got, you know, there, you know, that, but, but there's other places where he was, he was trying to interpret, you know, on an individual basis, he was trying to interpret, you know, the things that we've seen in the previous chapter in regards to, you know, us, you know, praying for our enemies, you know, that, 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 that we, we would, we'd do good, you know, to, to all men, that, that we would, that we would, um, you know, love our enemies, that we would do whatever, you know, turn the other cheek. You know, we could go down the line and talk about a lot of different things. And so for him and his conscience, he was having a great difficulty. Um, he could not see himself going to war. And so he goes to, to, to Martin Lloyd-Jones and he says, I need to talk to you about this. He explains the situation and, and Martin Lloyd-Jones says, I, I'll represent you, but I don't agree with your theology. He said he was in a great trouble for a while in his mind trying to figure out how can I represent the young, this young man because I don't see things the way he sees them. Um, and so he said then, then, he, then he got some, some, uh, some, some help in the situation. The Lord said, well, you know, you can't, you're right, you can't represent him here, but you can represent him here. The young man's disposition and his bodily frame and, and his, 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 his health, he was ill, he said, this, this is not the type of person you want to put on the battlefield. And so he goes into court and he represents him, and, he's, and he tells the court. He says, I do not agree with this theology, because he'd already been to one court, and, and they had said, no, you've still got to go. You know, we're not, we're not going to overturn you know, the fact that you've been drafted. So he re- appeals, and this is the court that Martin Lloyd-Jones is in. And so he's already lost once, and now he's appealing. And so Martin Lloyd-Jones says, I do not agree with his theology. And, and, and the, the court knew what his theology was because they would lost the case before. They've already familiarized themselves with what's going on. He says, but, he said, can you imagine sending this young man, I mean, here he is, can you imagine sending this young man into battle? He said, I'm telling you, and, and of course, Lloyd-Jones had, you know, medical, you know, background. I'm telling you, this young man is not fit, you know, for service. And they excused him. And I think he went into... Um, doing something for the help of, of the aid of, of, of the war. I think he went to farming or something, you know, and they didn't send him, you know, on the battlefield. But, but what I'm saying is, and, and bringing all that up, the reason why I mentioned it is, so here we could be comfortable with, okay, we're being attacked. There's a just cause. The government's seeking to restrain evil. I, I, my conscience is clear to be able to go, you know, into battle. And, and to defend our country and to defend, you know, our home. But there may be somebody else right beside you, you know, that's like, I just, I can't. I, you know, they may be because, and like Martin Lloyd-Jones was saying, you know, he's, he misunderstood the scriptures. And so he's, there may be somebody that you have in a, in, a, in a condition like that, you know. And so what do you do about that? Well, you continue to love your brother. I mean, if he feels like that he's in a position where he thinks he's right and you feel like you're in a position where you think you're right, you know, you, you can't, you know, charge in there and start, you know, blaming and accusing and, uh, you know, browbeating and, you know, you pray for one another. And like this, this young man's conscience won't allow him to, and we could, we could put a different face on it, couldn't we? You know, how about Paul's, you know, circumstances with eating meat, right? You've got a weaker brother. You know, what are you going to do in those circumstances? You know, well, Paul says, I'll not eat meat anymore, you know, if it offends my brother, so... You know, we, we, we don't want to be an offense, you know, to one another. And so somebody may have a different, you know, their conscience may not bear them being able to do that. 
I guess is part of this, you know, too. But um, you think about, I mentioned Luther this morning already, but when he was standing before the state and the statement that we all know so well that we've heard, unless I am convinced, and I tried to quote it earlier, but I didn't have it before me, so I didn't, it wasn't verbatim. But unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason, my conscience is captive to the Word of God. That's the position that young man was in. His understanding wasn't correct, but that's the position that he was in. His conscience was captive to the Word of God. He said, I cannot, I will not recant anything, for to go against conscience would be neither right nor safe. God help me, here I stand, I can do no other. And that's where that young man was. I, can, I can't stand anywhere else but here. This is all I know. Um, but <clears throat> when you think about some of the instances, you know, like with Luther, you think about some of the instances like with, um, in, in more recent days, think about Grace Community Church. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but, but you think about during COVID um, and, and John MacArthur. I mean, here he was. He was seeking to comply there is an auditorium that will seat 3,000 people, and he's there with 10. And they are just the basic staff that's needed to be able to keep things running, functioning, all the broadcasting and things that are going on so that those who can't come trying to comply with the state of California and what they're asking them to do, those that can't come can still hear. And so they go on and they go on and they go on for a while. And finally it gets to the point you know, where MacArthur's like, this has become unreasonable. You know, the state is overstepping. You know, it's usurping its authority. And so they begin to meet, and they begin to be drug into court. And MacArthur actually makes the statement at one point, and he says, I will go to jail. I will preach, and I will go to jail for preaching if necessary. Of course, that throws my mind, you know, hundreds of years before to Bunyan's day. You know, and Bunyan, you know, preaching without a license. And they threw him into, you know, prison. So, you know, we have, we have these things that we, we see where there, there's, you know, does it mean that we're gonna that we're gonna rebel and, and have a revolution? Not necessarily. You know, it, it meant for Bunyan, it meant that he was going to be cast into prison. And until until the state changed, the current state didn't really change its mind so much as you know maybe a new ruler comes along. You know, maybe a Cromwell comes along, um, and things are different, you know, now. But it meant that he was going to be put into prison. But, you know, we don't know what that's going, how that's going to all shake out. Um, you know, what it's actually going to be in, in our day, in, in these times, what that's going to look like. Um, but, you know, for those in our country's inception, you know, it meant they had to go to battle. Um, you know, for Bunyan, it meant going to jail. For MacArthur, it just meant ultimately going to court, um, you know, in order to seek some sort of a regress. And the state did have to pay, didn't they? Uh, if you know anything about the set of circumstances, and it was a lot of money that the state had to pay Grace Community Church overall that they, that they had done. I mean, they, they got so petty about things that they started trying to shut down public parking spaces, you know, around, and the church just kept shuttling people in. You know, we'll go pick you up way out here if we have to. Um, but they were trying to make it as inconvenient, you know, as possible, uh, that they might just give up. Um, and so, you know, back to that thought we had this morning about not growing weary and well-doing. Um, we stand for what is right. We stand up in the face of what is wrong, regardless of what the cost, you know, may be. Do the thing, you know, that is right. Um, and so some of that comes into, 
uh, play as we think about this. But, you know, again, the function of the state to be the servant of the people, instituted for the benefit of, the human- of humanity, but if the state becomes a tyrant, then, you know, we have a right to, you know, disobey. Um, the law, we have a right to disobey what they're saying, and it, here God brought this thing into being, but it's usurping its authority, and so we have a right to disobey. We have a, not only a right, but a duty, you know, disobey. If we're going to stand for what's right, we're going to have to disobey. Um, but the sword, the sword's given to the state. You know, the sword, you know, the state performs executions. The state can, the state can say we're going to go to war. So what are we going to do? You know, the state says we're going to war, um, and 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 Donnie, they're even going to draft you know older guys you know like us. They're going to take you know the Andrews, and they're going to take the Cohens, and they may even take the Annas and take the Lydias. I, we don't know, you know, what that's going to look like. But the state could say this is what we're going to do. Now, what are we going to do when it comes to a situation like that? How are we going to react? How are we going to respond? Where are we going to, you know, where are we going to stand? Well, if it's justified, if it's a just cause, if we're defending ourselves, this is, this is the arm of the state, right? The arm of the state is to, what? What's its purpose? What's its function? To restrain evil. So if it's restraining evil, it may be deputizing in a sense. I mean, go back to the Wild West. There were people that deputized to be able to restrain evil. He had the sheriff, but he was just one guy. You know, he couldn't do a whole lot if he's going after the gang. You know, so he's going to have to have some other deputies, and he may have to deputize people right there on the spot. Um, And so he's seeking to restrain evil, and he's needing, you know, other bodies to be able to do that. Well, the government can't do that on its own. You know, it's going to require other bodies to be able to do that. And so we may find ourselves in a situation where we have to make a decision. What does, how does your conscience bear out on this issue? You know, how are you going to be able to respond and react in that set of circumstances? Well, God's established the state. We've established that, I think. Um, you know, we've certainly over and over again through the messages we've established that. Restrain evil. So here the state is seeking to restrain evil because this evil is seeking to overpower is it right for a Christian to take and bear arms in a set of circumstances like that? Well, God established the authority. God's given the authority. And we're to submit to the, that authority. And if that authority calls upon us, you know, to act in that situation, as long as it's a just cause, and that is, you know, the defining factor, isn't it? And as far as war is concerned, there's only one just cause. Can you think of another just cause other than, you know, that, as far as us defending ourselves from an enemy? Now, if, if we take what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, and we don't know all the facts, all the details, but what it looks like is you have a bigger power here trying to overpower, you know, the smaller guy to be able to take advantage and take, you know, we need farmland, so we're going to overthrow you. That is not a just cause. And you've probably got people on both sides of that issue, right? So you've got the Ukrainian over here who's having to defend his country and his home against this aggressor. And then you probably have some Russian soldiers over here that are saying this is not a just cause i'm a christian and i cannot go to war against these people just because you want to overthrow you know them they haven't done anything to be an aggressor towards us they haven't done anything that has caused us to need to go to war this is just someone being power hungry this is just someone wanting to 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 take over, you know, and 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 overthrow the little guy so that they can have the resources, you know, that exist there um, so, you know, the sword's given to the state, but the state can be unjust. You, you, you think about when, when the Lord tells the, 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 the parable about the, the widow 
and she's seeking the thing that we were that we were talking about before in the declaration of this redress you know she keeps going to the what kind of judge was it? it was an unjust judge you know we have unjust judges she kept going and kept going and kept going and finally he's like you know what i don't fear god nor do i regard man but this woman's going to wear me out you know i'm just going to rule you know for her in this case just because i'm tired of hearing from her but you know i know that's not the point necessarily in the parable that's told unto us there but my point is that there is an unjust judge you know there there is unjust causes there's not just cause do we have just cause to be able to go to war do we have a just cause to do what the country is 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 saying well in saying that i'm i'm bringing us to this point the 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 state doesn't bear the sword in vain right we have that in our text so if we're if we're going to resist the authority then there's there may be consequences right there may be consequences you know with john bunyan there was consequences you know he went to prison so if we say this is not a just cause this is not a just war i cannot take part in this we have to realize that there may be you know circumstances and situations where we find ourselves you may be in prison you know as a result and it may be that that the the people around you are saying oh well you're just a conscientious objector um, and that doesn't have a, a nice connotation to it does it i mean as far as the way people were looked at you know maybe in vietnam or something you know that most of those people they weren't standing here you know and saying i'm not going over to vietnam you know they they were a conscience objector because they didn't believe in war well can a christian take that stand that i don't believe in war whenever god's given the state the sword not necessarily i don't think we can i don't believe we can take that stand so you you think about passages like num- numbers 3533 where it, god says so ye shall po- not pollute the land wherein you are for blood it defileth the land and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. You know, so what are we talking about there? We're talking about restraining evil. We're talking about justice. We're talking about the function that the state's given. Um, so, you know, where do we stand on some of these issues? We know, where do we stand on capital punishment? Well, right here. And, and, and so the, 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 the person that may be, you know, lean more towards the, the pacifist side of things, they may say, well... That's in the Old Testament. You know, that's not in the New Testament. You know, so you've, you've, got, you've got some of these things in the Old Testament that, that uh, well, how about Leviticus 18.25, and the land is defiled, and therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. You know, so the, the people corrupt themselves. This, this country here may vomit out its inhabitants one day. We don't know. It may get to that point. How far does it have to go? I mean, we think it's pretty bad, but how far does it have to go? What has to happen in order for God to vomit, you know, the people out of the land, for them to be overthrown, for them to be overtaken, for rulership to, to be changed? I, I don't know. You know. We don't know the answers to those questions. But, you know, I, I think about Saul in some respects, you know, when it comes to this. He was to carry out the function of the state. Um, in First Samuel 15, you remember when Samuel comes upon the scene and says, What meaneth the bleeding of these sheep? you know, in mine ears. Because Saul's saying, I've done the commandment of the Lord. I did what the Lord called me to do. You know, he's, he's supposed to be carrying out this function of the state, right? I mean, he's supposed to be restraining evil. And the Amalekites, they were evil. 
If you remember in Exodus, as they were departing, the Amalekites came up behind Israel and started picking off. It's almost like these scenes that you see, you know, in Africa, you know, where you've got the, the, the infirm and the sick, you know, the, you know, whatever type of animal and the lions or whatever it is comes up behind and, and takes that, kills that. Well, the Amalekites were doing this, you know, into Israel. I mean, they, they were an evil people that God had finally said, okay, that's it. No more. And he had commanded that the men be, be slain. He had commanded that the women be slain. He commanded that the children be slain. He commanded that all the animals be slain. Everything was to be, the land was to be cleansed uh, because of the wickedness of these people. So Saul comes to Samuel. Samuel says, I perform the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel says, well, then you know, what is all this bleeding of sheep you know, in my ears? That's in 1 Samuel 15. And the lowing of the oxen, which I hear. And Saul says, well, it's the people's fault. It's not my fault. It's the people's fault. They wanted to keep, you know, the best of the best, and they wanted to sacrifice those things, you know, to the Lord. So that's, we, we destroyed all the bad stuff, all the blemish stuff, all the stuff that had, you know, a scar across its eye or, or uh, you know, was blind or it was lame or whatever. We killed all that, but we, we, we kept the best to be able to sacrifice unto the Lord. And so Samuel says, well, the Lord's given me something to say unto you. And so Saul says, say on. And Samuel says in verse 17, when you were little in your own sight, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. You so we've, we've read this passage before, but I'm wanting to read it in light of Romans 13, and we see the function of the state. You know, and God's, God's given it to restrain evil, and here Saul is supposed to be doing this. And so in verse number 19, Samuel says, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? And thou didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. You know, Saul's trying to put this in the best light possible and say the people did it. Um, but the Lord knew what was in Saul's heart. Samuel knew what was in Saul's heart. He says in verse 21, the people took the spoil, the sheep, the oxen, the chief of the things that should have been. I agree. It should have been utterly destroyed. They took those things to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Um, so you can see how shifty the sands, you know, can can be in one sense, but we've got to stand upon the rock, right? Um, for rebellion, this is interesting when you think about rebellion, okay? And we find it in all sorts of places, don't we? And in, in, in verse 23, it says, for rebellion is as the sin of what? Anybody? Recall, witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. What Saul had done was on the same level as witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, there are consequences, aren't there? Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. And we see that throughout history we see that throughout the history of Scripture. Um, you know, we see this sort of thing. Um, 
So we, we, we see here in a sense, I mean, has, has God changed? Is, is, is the Old Testament not, you know, the inspired Word of God, just like the New Testament is? You know, so, so we, we go back here and we think about how often God called Israel to war. And in this instance, it was to utterly slay the Amalekites. Um, and it was for a resistance to evil. These people were continually attacking them. You, you know where they came from, where, where they're the offspring of. Anybody remember? Esau. So these are, these are offspring, you know, of Esau. So, so here these people were, they were just a wicked, you know, bunch of people. And God was going to cleanse the land, you know, from their ex- very existence uh, in this resistance of evil. So, you know, God called them to war is my point. So as God changed, you know, could there be a set of circumstances where we find ourselves in a just, you know, war? I think so. But further for me, when I think about places in the New Testament, think about some of the people. We mentioned this last week because you had centurions come before the Lord and they said, what shall we do? Now, these are men, you know, that from what we understand were converted men. What shall we do, Lord? I mean, that's, that's a broad brush to paint with, isn't it? And what should we do, Lord? Here we are. We're, we're, we're Roman soldiers. What should we do? The Lord didn't tell them to leave the service, military service. He told them to use just judgment. He told them, do not accuse someone falsely. Be satisfied with your wages. But he didn't call them out of military service. Would he not have had the opportunity at that point if that was something that, that well, you can't, you can't do this? Have you ever heard anybody ask the question, can a Christian be a police officer? Can a Christian be in the military? You know, everybody's got to kind of answer that, you know, for themselves. But, you know, for me in that one place, you know, where the centurion's coming and asking, he's actually asking the Lord, what shall we do? What shall we do? I mean, it's kind of like the tax collector coming and saying, you know, <laughs> you know we've, we've, uh, We've charged more taxes than we ought to, Lord. What should we do about this? Because before I didn't care about it because I wasn't a Christian, but now I am. Now, now I didn't know what, well, you need to, you need to restore. Um, you know, didn't, didn't even call him out of, out of being a tax collector. You know, be just in your dealings. You know, serve the Lord where he's called you. I mean, we have that sort of language in Scripture, don't we? I mean, as far as if you're a servant and, and, and the Lord's called you, you're, you're a servant, you're converted, you you kept being a servant. If you were free and the Lord called you, you, you stayed in that condition. You know, so I'm not saying there's not any sort of an occupation a person couldn't be in that the Lord wouldn't, you know, convict that person and say, you can't, as a Christian, you can't do that anymore. Um, you know, Rahab retained that word harlot behind her name. She was Rahab the harlot, but Rahab didn't continue in her harlotry, you know. So, but in that instance with the centurion, they were not called out of military service. That would have been a, a perfect opportunity for the Lord to say, you can't do that as a Christian. You can't do that as a believer. Uh, but that's not the case. So I think that kind of answers, you know, as we're dealing with the state and the authority the state has over us, that kind of answers some of that, you know, in some respects for us. Um, you know, I'd have to ask somebody that says, well, that was in the Old Testament. Well, isn't the Old Testament part of Scripture? You know, isn't it the infallible word of God? And then maybe take them over to the New Testament and say, well, what about these centurions, you know, that were, that were, they were still in service, you know, to Rome. Uh, and they weren't called out of service in that set of circumstances. So, you know, these are kind of difficult, you know, places to, to walk in. Not, I haven't had to make that decision. 
in, in that respect. I know any time that a recruiter called, mom's like, I can't believe you're going to say this, any time a recruiter called the house, you know, whenever I got near of age, she would answer the phone and say, don't you ever call here again, you know. And I can understand that as a mother not wanting, you know, your, your, your son to go off into, into service. But is there anything wrong, you know, necessarily with it? Does, it's, it doesn't mean there's not going to open up some interesting sets of circumstances if, you're, if your son decides to join the military. Um, you know, he may find himself in a place where a commanding officer says, go do this. I can't do that, you know. And you may be serving a commanding officer who does have murderous intent. I mean, he's just out to kill anything and everything that he can that he's, that he's legally able to shoot. You know, he's wanting to be able to shoot uh, and, and try to justify, you know, the cause for sending in that artillery or, or, or you know, and blowing something up or, or, or sending someone to, to, uh, to, to take somebody out as a sniper or whatever. Um, you know, it, it may be that a person ends up in a, in a set of circumstances where they have to wonder, can I, here I've joined the military, but can I serve the Lord here? in the military. Um, can I do this thing, you know, that they're asking me to do? So it could, it could be a, a, a difficult place, you know, to be, but I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that a Christian could not be a military service member. I'm not going to say a Christian couldn't be a police officer. If we are those, we need to be the very best police officer, the very best, you know, naval officer or or, you know, if you're in the Army or the Marines or whatever uh, the case may be, we need to be the very best of those things. I mean, our commanding officer, outside of them asking us to do something that, that is against the Word of God, ought to be able to say, this is the very best officer, you know, that I have, you know, in, in this platoon. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, them coming up and saying, you know, that from a kind of a pacifist, you know, sort of a viewpoint, saying, you know, thou shalt not kill. Well, Tell me, we've talked about that before, haven't we? What are we talking about there when the Ten Commandments, you know, when we're told thou shalt not kill? You know, premeditated murder, exactly. I mean, that's what that has to do with. Um, you know, that's, that's not, well, let's put it in these terms. How about the, the Ukrainian soldier who rushes coming in? This is a Christian officer, you know, trying, trying to defend his country. Does he have to have you know, a, a murderous rage about him to seek to defend, you know, the, 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 the place that he's called to defend? No. I mean, could he still be praying for his enemy? Absolutely. Uh, he could still be praying for his enemy. Russia's, you know, sending in forces. Lord, you know, I don't want to kill these people. You know, would, would, you, would you intervene, you know, here? Um, we, we've, I know we've got to defend ourselves, but I really don't want to have to to kill these people about, you know, as much as possible. I'm seeking to live at peace, even, even in that set of circumstances. But it may come to the point that I, I mean, and I, that would be hard. I've never had to shoot anybody. I don't know if anybody in this room has had to shoot anybody before. Um, and if you had, you may not want, want to say so. But that would be a hard thing, you know, to live with. Uh, I'm sure it's still hard to think about running over that deer um, for Sister Shelby. You know, you can think about hitting a person, um, you know, if you had a person, I, I, I had customers that happened to, you know, we were the insurance agency. They actually ran over people and killed them. And that would be a hard place. And that's, that's something that we say is an accident, you know, quote unquote. Uh, but it's, you know, you think about having to be on the battlefield and shoot somebody. I mean, that would be hard, you know, to deal with. 
Um, I mean, the people have all sorts of, of, of uh, you know, psychological problems that come back, you know, from, from the battlefield, you know, when it comes to that. So, you know, you wouldn't have to have that sort of an attitude towards somebody. I mean, when I, I mean, this is something that's a much simpler illustration, but when I was playing football, I've told you this before, I think, but I didn't have that killer instinct, you know. I wasn't out to, to just hurt somebody. Um, you know, I was playing a game, and I, so I wasn't the greatest, you know, th- th- that's not the greatest player. You know, the ones the coach wanted was the one that wanted to eat alive, you know, everybody on the other side of the, the scrimmage line, you know. Um, I think I told you all about, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember Dick Buckus. He was, uh, he was uh, who did he play for? Was it, was it Pittsburgh? You remember that, who he played for? Was it Pittsburgh? But the other, the guys on the other side, no, he was Chicago Bears. He played for the Bears. But the people on the other side were just completely intimidated by him. Just the look on his face and the grunts and the growls before the ball ever snapped. The quarterbacks were shaking, you know. Um, you know, so, you know, that's not the sort of attitude that, that a person would have to possess to be able to, you know, be in that position. You know, so we've, we've got to, you know, think, you know, the, about the fact that we could still pray, you know, for our enemies in, in, in that. I mean, it's not the ideal set of circumstances to pray for your enemy. Um, but, you know, we still could, you know, certainly. Um, I think there was a, a point in, in, in World War II, I think it was, you know, where they, they was, it was, it, was it, I wish Steve was here, he'd be able to tell me. Um, it was like Thanksgiving or some holiday, and, and they stopped fighting, you know, to observe, you know, the, the holiday. I mean, they were in the trenches. Um, you know, this was this, this little piece of land that, Everybody was trying to get across, but to get out of your foxhole and run, you know, was like death uh, because you're going to be mowed down, you know, by some, you know, machine gun or something. Uh, but, but, you know, there was even there, I mean, that's, isn't that odd to think about? I mean, when you think about war, you want to think about people just being, you know, just so aggressive and so hateful, um, you know, that, 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 that there there's, wouldn't be an opportunity for something like that to happen. It might have even been Christmas, I don't know, and they began to sing, you know, Christmas hymns or carols or something. I don't know. Is that what it was? You know, Tara's shaking her head. She thinks that she remembers something about that. Um, Steve would probably know. Uh, but anyway, you know, that, just, to, just to kind of further what I'm trying to present here about the attitude that you would have in a circumstance like that. Um, I, I think as we read the beginning, you know, of that, that short statement that we read, you know, from the Declaration of Independence, that wasn't their intent. They did not want to overthrow the government. They wanted to seek, you know, some sort of a peaceable, you know, some sort of peaceable uh, set of circumstances whereby they could continue on. Um, and I'm sure it, it, it seems like that to me. I don't know if it seemed like that to you. But when I see stuff about, you know, with the Ukrainian president, I mean, it seems like he sought that, you know, over and over again. Sought that there might be some peaceable resolution, you know, to this set of circumstances. And then he was forced. He didn't have any choice. Uh, but to try to defend this country. And so, you know, in this again, we render under Caesar what is Caesar's. I mean, I think that is such a great, you know, verse of Scripture to put over everything that we're looking at in Romans 13. We render under Caesar what is Caesar's until Caesar starts to play God. Uh, we're gonna, but we're going to render the things, of, you know, that belong to the Lord unto him. You know, so if, if Caesar steps into, you know, that arena, we can no longer follow you know, Caesar. So, um, you know, when a state, if we were in that position, when a state goes to war, uh, it, it, it needs to be able to show. I mean, if I'm going to participate, it's got to be able to show it's a just cause. 
Um, and that may be the statement that have to really show that. We could, we, it's evident, you know, because we're being attacked, you know, maybe, and we're just having to resist, um, you know, that attack, so repel that attack, so to speak. Um, but again, the state doesn't prepare the sword in vain, so if we, if we object, then we may find ourselves, um, you know, being judged, you know, by the state because we have an unjust, you know, cause or an unjust uh, judge. Um, So we are not uninvolved, I think I would say in the end, just in closing, we're not uninvolved with the state. We can't separate ourselves from the state. You know, there were some Anabaptists back in the 1700s that would go to death before they would pay taxes. I think that's a little extreme. You know, when you look at Romans 13, I think, render under Caesar's, you know, what is Caesar's and God the things that are God's. But they would go to death instead of pay any kind of taxes. Some, some people think you can't have any kind of involvement in government whatsoever. Um, but that's what I've been trying to finish from last week, what we were already talking about. We can't separate ourselves, ex- seclude ourselves. We, we still live in this world. Uh, we're not of this world, but we still live here. And we've got to render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's while we're here. You know, what's that going to look like in some cases? Well, it may make it look like we lose our source of income if we're the baker or the florist that we were talking about in the beginning. It may mean that we find ourselves having to overthrow a tyrant, you know, if we were living in the times, you know, when, when the Declaration of Independence was, was written. Um, you know, it may mean that we find ourselves going to war. Um, I don't want to go to war. Um, Teresa doesn't want me to go to war. Delina doesn't want Donnie to go to war. You know, I mean, that's, I don't think they would ask Dad to go to war, you know, anymore. I don't think they would ask Steve, you know, to go to war anymore. Um, but Tara would want to see Heath go to war. Yeah, well, vice versa. Heath wouldn't want to see Tara go to war. You know, I wouldn't want to see Anna or Lydia, you know, go to war. But, but um, the, the, these are things that 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 we've got to be, I guess, clear about in our minds. You know, before we get there, in some respects, or sometimes you have to you have to really dig deep. You know, when you're called to make a decision like this, you know, I've, I've got to consult the scripture and see what it is I'm supposed to do here. You know, how far does this go that I've got to submit to the government? What can they tell me to do and not do? Um, well, you know, we, we find a real broad defining line when it comes to something that the state would say for us to do that God said not to do. You know, we, that's, there's no question in our minds about that. But there may be some other areas, you know, we find ourselves we're like, well, you know, do, do I go to battle? Um, the state has been given us authority. The state has called us to, to we, we, we've declared war with this country and the, I've been drafted. You know, what do I do? What do I do in this situation? Well, if it's just... Well, then it may be that we go. But then again, like we said, there may be a situation where somebody's conscience just cannot allow it. I can't, I can't do that. I just, I, guess I just can't. I'll just have to suffer the consequences. You know, I'll have to be thrown into prison. I just, I just can't do that. You know, maybe they've pleaded. Maybe they've gone to, to those who are in authority and say, look, this is my set of circumstances. I can't do this. And they've probably heard it a hundred you know, thousand times. But I can't, can you put me in a position where I wouldn't be you know, on the battlefront? You know, my conscience won't allow me to do this. I mean, it's either that or you're going to have to throw me into prison, you know, because I just can't do it. And maybe their conscience is uninformed. You know, maybe, maybe they didn't understand some, something a little, little better, you know, than they did. But um, I don't know how long we've been, but it, we've, we've been longer than we normally are, but we started a lot later than we normally do. Uh, but I, I, I kind of wanted to go back and take some of those things that we didn't finish last week and, and finish those, you know, this week. So it, it's... I wasn't trying to stretch it, you know, or anything. I was actually trying to 
confine it and get it all finished, you know, now um, in this in this session that we're together. But, you know, men may think that they can set themselves, you know, against God, thinking about from the unjust judge standpoint. But we know every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess uh, that Jesus is, you know, Lord uh, to the glory of God the Father. Um, so in the end, like we said earlier this morning, you know, men try to broker peace, but God is going to bring peace. He, he is the prince of peace. You know, men think in terms of, of temporal, you know, things and, and think about wars in that sense, but they're against God. They're at war with him. They're at enmity with God. Um, but God is going to bring peace, and that is a pleasant thought because when we think about war, it's not a pleasant you know, thing, but it is a pleasant thought to think about God coming and, and setting everything that is wrong right and there being no more war. You know, how many families have suffered loss you know, because of war? What's the result of? Again, it's like we said this morning already too, it's sin. It's the reason for these things, but he's going to return. He's going to set all these things you know, right, and there's not going to be any more war, and there's not going to be any more rebellion, and there's not going to be any more death, there's not going to be any more sorrow, and there's not going to be any more, you know, tears. Um, so what a wonderful day, thinking about the word wonderful, that will be. Uh, when, and that's, that's a hymn, isn't it? When my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, uh, when he takes me by the hand, I don't know if y'all know that hymn or not, and leads me to, you know, the, the promised you know, rest the promised land. What a day, what a uh, day that will, that will be. Glorious day that will be, I think is the other word that's in there. So uh, kind of like the hymn we sang earlier, born the prince of peace, the son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And that's what we would carry on the battlefield if we were called. You know, that's what we carry into the courtroom if we're brought before it. Um, you know, we give an answer, you know, for, uh, you know, we give a reason uh, for the hope, you know, that is within us. And it may be that we stand before a courtroom, you know, to give that. Maybe we stand on the battlefield, you know, to do that. Or maybe it should be in the office place, maybe in our homes, you know, maybe in our communities. Um, so, I don't know, is that, any questions about that as we... Or have I kind of, you feel like I've been beating a, beating a dead horse? I don't know. Have I gone over this too much and just like, okay, we got it. We don't, we don't need any more. Uh, we understand that. You know, the state, it's there. It's given by God. It's there to restrain evil. Got it. Got it. Render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Things that are God to God. Um, we got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ninety-five theses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's the root word. <laughs> Protest. Yeah. Well, um, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Of God. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. It's a good thought. 